You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 265 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by the editor of the Hockey News Montreal the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing? We had our fantasy drafts last week. We had the regular season of the NHL start this week. It's getting busy. It's really getting busy. The The Montreal Canadiens have had their um, first game of the season. We're, we're getting ready to have the uh, home opener. The Laval Rocket had their home opener. Uh, so hockey all over the place and... Uh, the the Rocket Sports crew, the Hockey um, News Montreal crew, um, we've been doing a lot of work this week. There's there's an awful lot of content out there uh, for our audience. Yeah, and plenty more to come throughout this season. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about my fantasy uh, team Uh-oh. so far this week. Uh, not going too, too well. I made a couple weird, bold picks, uh, including a Kevin Hayes. It's not paid off quite yet, but uh, how's your team doing? Well, um, I'm in uh, an ESPN league with, and, and it's a little different format uh, than the, the Yahoo Sports uh, League, and with the Hockey Podcast, the good folks uh, from the Hockey Podcast uh, Network. There's 20 teams. Um, <laughs> we were well into 400 players being taken uh, by the end of the draft. Um, Yessa Ulanen was, was taken, which which is... Uh, pretty promising but i i didn't get i was so busy with the opening of the montreal canadians uh that i didn't uh get uh, my lineup set properly and um alex newhook was on the bench for game one oh I, that's no. not a good idea is it no no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i never trust those auto starts anyway too i don't know if that's what happened but uh, it's a shame you missed out on a couple goals there <laughs> yeah is he going to have another two goal game well, let's hope he he does uh for both the canadians and my fantasy team but uh, yeah that was the game uh, for sure to have him in the lineup but uh we do have a pretty big show coming up here uh, we'll get you all caught up on everything montreal canadians uh, since we last met here in the studio 
And then in segment two for the big topic, uh, we have a guide to enjoying the Habs hockey this season. Uh, so whether you're team tank or whether you think that uh, the Habs have a chance at the playoffs, we have plenty to talk about and plenty of things to look forward to this season. And in segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment. Uh, our Canadians Connection question of the week is, what or who are you looking forward to watching this season? Uh, Rick, uh, lots of our listeners enjoy reaching out to us and letting us know their thoughts. What's the best way for all the good people to reach out to us? Well, we were flooded this week with messages, messages on social media, um, emails. Hello at rocketsportsmedia.com is our email address. And we got a text line, the Rocket Sports text line. Uh, we, we got several texts. Um, and we have it available uh, for you in an easy to remember number, 5853 Rocket, 5853 Rocket. If you need the numbers, 585 376 2538. Text us anytime, 24 hours a day. And you can reach out to us on any of our social medias. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Uh, also, remember, check out all of our comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Canadian's game at THN.com slash Montreal. And a little bit has happened since we've gone. The Canadians have opened up their 2023-24 NHL season this week. And, uh, well, before we get to that, we did have one last preseason game uh, to talk about, and that came on October the 7th, about a week ago. And uh, Montreal closed out the preseason with a win, 6-4 to four over Ottawa. Uh, the Ottawa Senators called up a lot of their NHL team for this game, uh, but Montreal scoring three straight goals in the third period uh, to push ahead for the win. Uh, although they went 0 for 5 on that power play. So that power play continues to be a bit of a struggle. You think we're going to talk about the power play in the second segment of uh, of of this show? I'm going to talk about it plenty throughout the show. Oh, all right. Perfect. <laughs> uh, but uh, for the first game of the season, uh, Montreal started off on the road in Toronto, and Toronto comes away with a 6-5 to five shootout win. Uh, this was back and forth and back and forth. Montreal got off to a really good start. Uh, Jake Evans took advantage of a TJ Brody falling on his behind and uh, going for a breakaway cold again, early one nothing lead. Uh, I think Montreal showed a lot of heart in this game, although Toronto, clearly the better and more talented team. Uh, Austin Matthews gets a hat trick at the, in the very last minute of this game to send things to overtime and overtime solved nothing. Going to the shootout, it was Mitch Marner for the Leafs to get the win. A spirited effort from Montreal, uh, not great defensively, and uh, that power play continues to struggle. Yeah, especially that power play in overtime, an opportunity. You don't get many power plays in overtime, uh, and it was quite anemic, uh, even after a coaching session by Alex Burrows. Um, This game was... Um, either very entertaining or very frustrating or both. The Canadians had two two goal leads uh, and and weren't able to hold them. Uh, but there were some great performances by by individuals. There was some terrible performances by individuals. It's kind of the the chaos that you're going to have to embrace uh, that I think is going to be kind of uh, reflective throughout the season. So make sure to check out Habs notepads, Habs headlines, and feature articles and game day posts regularly at THN.com Montreal throughout this busy regular season. 
In roster news, uh, Christian Dvorak is skating again with the team. Uh, he was placed on LTIR at the beginning of the season, and it's uh, nice to see him back on the ice. For sure. He's skating in a non-contact uh, jersey and not really taking a place in the in the line rushes, but uh, good to see him back. Uh, and and we know that, that injuries are the, and the return to play to be dealt with, I think, a little bit differently this season. Um, too many times in previous seasons, players were rushed back before they were ready, and, and we saw what happened. Uh, they're going to be a lot more careful. They're predicting that uh, Christian Dvorak will be uh, back in November. It might, well, we'll see what happens, but he looks pretty good. Uh, he might be back sooner than that, um, and then he would come off LTIR. But, um, you know, with the way the... the um, the roster was uh, was uh, structured there. There's going to be um, room, cap room for him to come back. The Canadians announced their 23-man roster earlier this week, and uh, by doing so, they sent Yoel Armia and Gustav Lindstrom on waivers. They both cleared and were loaned down to the Laval Rocket. A little bit surprised to see uh, Armia end up in Laval, uh, although once he was put on waivers, I don't think any team was taking his contract. Uh, he made his uh, Laval Rockets debut last night on uh, Friday, October the 13th. Yeah, um, and, and we'll talk about him in, in, in a minute. It's, it's tough. Um, you know, I know that, that folks were uh, pretty down on Yol Armia. Um, this is a guy who is an NHL player. He has been for, for a while. He has a, he has a family. Um, we don't want to um, come down too hard on him, but... I think this was a pretty big statement about culture. Uh, both Marty St. Louis, um, well, all, all of them have talked about culture. Uh, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gorton. Um, and I think this was just a, a statement about work ethic and, and culture and, and uh, what it's going to take to earn a spot in this uh, lineup. Um, I would have rather seen... Um, Kent Hughes, you know, try to deal uh, Yola Armia. Maybe he did, um, but uh, you know, his attitude was was uh, great when he went down to um, Laval and said that uh, that he was just going to to be to accept this and be a professional. Um, the Gustav Lindstrom, um, yeah, that was interesting. We talked about him having the most experience of of all, uh, most NHL experience of all of the bubble defensemen. Um, we remember Grant McKay guaranteeing that uh, that Gustav Lindstrom would be on the second pairing, uh, and uh, uh, that didn't really happen. Well, not much that I won't get into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, he's he's uh, he's in um, Laval to to perhaps uh, and will perhaps be a call up uh, throughout the year. Also ending up in Laval are Emil Heinemann and Matthias Norlander. Um, both of them had great camps. I thought they had uh, they really made a statement for themselves in the preseason. Uh, but uh, nice to see that they stayed with the big club uh, pretty much up until the end. Yeah, both waivers waivers exempt, and so they were able to be sent down easily. I I think that uh, they both showed a lot, and and uh, um, it, it'll be easy to see them coming up at some point during the season to the Montreal Canadiens. And a big congrats goes out to Mike Matheson as uh, he is the recipient of the John Beliveau Trophy for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, this is awarded annually to the Canadians player who best exemplifies leadership qualities in the community. 
So uh, good, uh, good on Mike Matheson there. And uh, it seems like uh, they're really hyping up Mike Matheson as a bit of a team spokesman uh, and credit to him for doing so much within the community. Yeah, he has become an ambassador for the Champions for Life Foundation. Uh, and that involves school visits. Mike visits schools um, for the foundation, meets with students in um, the elementary grades, grades one to six, and talks about um, how, how an active lifestyle is, is important um, and uh, so they can be healthy and, and, and then base that on, on uh, how they deal with the rest of, of the activities in their life. And, and so good for Mike uh, for being able to be involved in that. And now I think it's a good time to get to our Habs Prospect Report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadiens prospects. Each week, we, we like to highlight a Montreal Canadiens prospect, and uh, typically we go with someone that doesn't get talked about too much. Uh, this week, we'll shine the spotlight on Swedish forward Philip Eriksson. He plays center, and uh, he's currently unassigned. He was a six-round pick in 2023, currently playing in the SHL. And uh, Rick, what do we have to say about Philip Eriksson? Yeah, playing in the SHL um, and and kind of splits his, his split his time last year between the the juniors uh, and got a couple of games with uh, the SHL Vaxel Lakers. Um, Play in in um, uh, Champions League play um, this season. I, uh, he has played. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, well, he has nine games and one assist in in regular SHL uh, play. Um, but in Champions League, um, he had a goal and an assist. Um, in and, and that was the game winning goal a couple of days ago. So. Um, in the Champions League, he's uh, he's been great, um, and just what's mentioned about him is when and when you watch him play, what stands out is his skating. He is just a speedster, um, and 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 really um, you know uses his speed and his smarts uh, to be able to um, uh, produce a lot of offense. So. Um, he's going to, he's going to have to learn more about the defensive game, but if he's in the SHL, uh, he's in exactly the right place to improve his defensive skills. Uh, and I should say, sorry, um, that in the, in champions league play five games played so far has three goals and an assist for four points in five games. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty impressive that uh, the year after he's drafted, he is playing in the SHL. So that's against men. So pretty impressive from uh, Philip Erickson. And uh, hopefully he can start to produce a little bit more offense. I think we'd like to see that from him for sure. And he was limited last year uh, because of an injury. Um, There's lots of speculation. He would have went much higher than uh, the sixth round, 165th overall. Um, that, uh, yeah, he had a major injury, only played 11 games, uh, in the, um, in the under, in the junior league. Um, and, and the Canadians may have made a steal here with this player. Uh, keeping on, uh, within Europe, uh, defenseman David Reinbacker was injured in a game on Friday and did not return. Uh, David actually placed, played a game against, uh, former Canadians, uh, Jacob Delarose and Rafael Diaz in the, that one, um, unfortunately, uh, David uh, Reinbacker's uh, 
game was cut short due to an awkward tumble in the boards. I don't think we have any further updates on this as of yet. Not yet. Um, he tried to come back in the game and then just couldn't go and 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 miss the rest of the game. It was it was it was really odd. Um, he was going back for the puck. There was a a forward coming in, and he tried to do a reverse hit. Like if if he had been successful, it would have been an interference play for sure because. <laughs> Uh, there were he was they were nowhere near the puck, but he bounced off, uh, and then crashed awkwardly into the boards and uh, and did not return. So uh, we'll have uh, an update on on his situation. I hope it's all well uh, when we talk to you again next week. And we'll move over to North America. And this week's USCHO division poll, uh, Boston University was ranked number one hockey team in the NCAA. Uh, this team is pretty stacked. Uh, they feature Habs prospects Luke Tuck and Lane Hudson. They also have the J- the other Jack Hughes on this team. And uh, Rick, who else ended up on this poll? Uh, Jack Hughes uh, is son of Kent Hughes. Jack Gordon uh, is son of Jeff Gordon. So uh, those two players on this team. You mentioned Lane Hudson. His um, his forward playing brother Quinn is also on this team, draft eligible um, this year. Luke Tuck, you mentioned. Uh, back from the 2020 uh, draft, 47th overall, he's a he's a senior, um, and uh, Macklin Celebrini, he's expected to be top five in in the upcoming 2024 draft. So, I tuned into their game um, last night after the Laval Rocket game. They were playing New Hampshire, um, and number one, as as you said, uh, they were they were in the uh, Division One men's poll, Boston University, uh, New Hampshire. Not ranked uh, in the top twenty, uh, the new um, University of New Hampshire Wildcats. They up they upset uh, Boston University Terriers, uh, and it was their first win over BU since February fourteenth, twenty fifteen. And this team celebrated um, like you like they won the Stanley Cup. It was incredible. Um, the um, uh, Terriers got close, um, and in fact, that when they had pulled the goaltender, uh, try and tie it up. Um, it was Luke Tuck uh, redirecting, redirecting one of Lane Hudson's point shots. Uh, they deemed it that uh, Tuck had his stick too high. It, from the various replays, I think they made a mistake. That would have been the fifth goal. Um, but it was kind of fun to see two Canadians prospects teaming up uh, what would have been a, a pretty special goal. Um, as we look um, in, in the poll, um, we're also going to keep an eye on Boston College. They're ranked number four. Uh, number two is Minnesota. Number three, the Denver Pioneers. And number five, Quinnipiac University. So uh, some regular names in there that we're used to hearing as being powerhouses in uh, college hockey. Uh, one more for you out of the NCAA. Uh, goaltender Jacob Fowler picked up his first win. He actually picked up two uh, wins this week, and uh, he's holding a 9.29 save percentage. So good start to the season for Jacob Fowler. Great start to his NCAA career, at least. He's playing for uh, Boston College, the team that's ranked number four. I just mentioned um, playing in Hockey East, um, and he was named uh, goaltender of the week uh, for Hockey East. Uh, kind of nice, and that was after his his uh, first victory. Um, he stopped 29 of 30 shots against Quinnipiac. So um, a, a good start, a really good start for positive start for Jacob Fowler. And we'll keep, be keeping an eye on him uh, throughout the season. 
And coming up north of the border, uh, time to talk about some Laval Rocket games. Uh, they completed their uh, preseason schedule last Sunday. Uh, this one was at home hosting Belleville. They come away with a 5-2 to two win. Very handily won by Laval. I think uh, Jakob Dobis put up a pretty good game. And Laval outshot the B-Sens 44-24, if that gives you any indication of how that game went. And then it was into the regular season for Laval. Yep, yeah, uh, they played their home opener on Friday. So just last night on October the 13th, uh, Abbotsford comes into town and they get a 7-4 to win. So kind of a crazy game. Uh, lots of goals to start this season. Uh, Jakob Dobis uh, unfortunately got pulled after five goals against. Uh, but uh, UL Armia scores two against the Canucks. Uh, fortunately, I don't think the Abbotsford uh, Canucks could have stopped scoring even if they tried this one. <laughs> it was... It was uh... A rather chaotic as well uh, game. Uh, it, it was th- the the Laval Rocket were not very good in their own zone. They were taking lots of penalties. Um, I I would you know squabble with uh, with Jeff Wool about uh, his lineup choices. He went with a, a veteran heavy lineup, um, and we we talked about this being the season. What what's exciting about the Laval Rocket this season is all of the young talent. And if you look down the middle, um, he had Maie, uh, Stevens, Gignac, uh, Lucas Condotta, all veterans um, and healthy scratches. Uh, Philippe Machar, Jan Mishak, and Jared Davidson. Um, Jared Davidson with an incredible training camp, and he starts the season as a healthy scratch. Didn't like uh, the lineup. Um, and if you're going to lose, why not lose with your young players and, and uh, give them some experience? We saw in the on the penalty kill, we saw um, uh, Yol Armia out there, uh, Gabriel Bork out there. You want to give some experience to uh, the young players on special teams as well. Now, Jeff Wool was not happy after the game. Um, you can hear the audio uh, from players and from uh, the head coach. Uh, just go to THN.com. Uh, slash Montreal, all of the Montreal coverage in one place this year. And Chris uh, G was in the building for us, uh, and he uh, captured some audio. Uh, so they, they play again uh, Saturday afternoon and expect uh, a number of changes. Um, but don't don't take the impression that this, is, this game was to be blamed on the young players. Yes, William Trudeau didn't have a great game. Xavier Simoneau didn't have a great game. But it was the... It was the veterans that uh, really struggled. Uh, Philippe Maillet, Leas Anderson, Gustav Lindstrom, uh, all in the multiple minuses, um, and and they did not look very good at all. So they'll have a chance to maybe rebound and hopefully some lineup changes to get uh, some of those young guns back into the lineup on today, Saturday, October the 14th, as uh, Abbotsford plays against Laval at 3 p.m., uh, a couple more games at home on the 18th. Uh, you're going to have Rochester and Laval and then again on the 20th. So plenty of great AHL hockey coming up. And uh, you can find all of our content about Canadians prospects, like you said, at THN.com slash Montreal. And coming soon, find uh, the best English language coverage on the QMJHL at THN.com slash QMJHL. So keep an eye out for that one. Nice. Uh, we have our quotes of the week, and uh, two of, 
probably my favorite quotes uh, coming out uh, <laughs> so far this season. Uh, we have uh, Ryan Reeves talking about the fight against Arbor Jacai to start. For those who watched that game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Ryan Reeves uh, kind of did a maybe a dirty hit from behind on King Gooley, and uh, Arbor Jacai did not hesitate to go after Ryan Reeves. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't like getting jumped. I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever really jumped anybody. Um, you know, if you want to fight, just ask me. I'm always around. You know where to find me. Uh, we got him two more times. I'm sure. I'm sure, something might happen. Don't want to go out like that. <laughs> you don't want to go out like that. I think he's referring to being on his back on top of the net as. Uh, uh, Arbor Jack, I used his strength uh, to just uh, bowl him over uh, on top of the and the net. Um, yeah, I, I Ryan Reeves is playing the role. He's playing the role of tough guy. Um, you know, ask me. Um, I'm always around. You know where to find me. But the the accusation that he got jumped is silly. Um, it, it's it's really silly. Ryan Reeves uh, was running around on that shift uh, and should have known that it would it would spark a. Uh, an answer, um, just a, a really big hit on um, Yasa Ulanen, and then and then that one right in the numbers on Caden Gooley. That could have that could have been, um, yeah. Caden Gooley came up from that, but that hurt. Um, and and for him to <laughs> for him to say, you know, he got jumped. I don't think that's the way it for us watching that. I don't think that's really the way it happened. Um, but Arbor Jacki um, said he picked his spots uh, a little bit better this season. And uh, I thought he picked a pretty good spot there. Yeah, that was the right uh, time for Jacki to step in and uh, get Ryan Reeves off the ice. Um, Ryan Reeves in that fight, he got a couple licks early on. So I, I don't think he was that surprised that a fight was happening. This was definitely not a jumping in my opinion. But uh, perhaps Ryan Reeves was a little bit surprised by the overall strength of Arbor guy. I don't think he was expecting to end up falling on top of the net onto his back the way he did. So maybe he's a little bit embarrassed. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Arbor guy and his interpretation of uh, what happened. The guy obviously threw a couple of big hits, and uh, I just wanted to stick up for my teammates there. So, yeah, definitely proud of how I, how I carried myself. It was definitely, like, personally, it was good for my confidence. I mean, obviously, I... Haven't fought since I got injured, so just to let myself know that my shoulders are going to be okay is was huge. So um, if you're if you're taking notes out there, um, well done by Arbor Jack. I uh, call your opponent the guy. Don't, don't 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 give him the you know the dignity of calling him by name. It, it, he was the guy. He's only the heavyweight. You know, one of the heavyweight uh, title title holders in the NHL, but just call him the guy. Uh, I thought that was a good start. And, and he's right. Um, he had to show a couple of things there that he was going to stand up for his teammates um, for sure. And uh, he wanted to, to uh, build confidence. Uh, he hasn't fought since uh, he injured his shoulder, uh, long rehab. Um, his shoulder seems fine, and uh, he had to prove to himself and to his teammates that that he could still do what he does best, and he certainly uh, did that. Um, the two hits, I I I really didn't like, and and as you said, the strength. The I think that surprised Ryan Reeves the most. The strength of Arbor Jacki, um, 
And we saw that in the preseason game against Ottawa as well, where he pulled two guys out of the pile at the same time and, and held on to them. Uh, phenomenal strength. Um, and against a, a big, tough guy like Ryan Reeves, I think I, I think it, it sent a message. And I think it surprised. You know, it wasn't the typical dance. Okay, you stand there and you, you know. He went right after. He didn't waste any time. He went right after Ryan Reeves the same way that he did against Zach Cassian. Uh, last season um, and surprised uh, Cassian. So uh, well done on on Arbor Jacka. We don't want to see him fighting too often. We want to see him in the lineup. He was out of the uh, this game for 17 minutes. Um, so that that's tough, but I think worth it. Most Canadians fans would say it was worth it this time. So looking forward to facing off against Toronto again. I'll have to mark the calendar. And uh, who else is there? Boston. Uh, we'll we'll save this for the second Philadelphia. segment, actually. Mm-hmm. Lots of things to be excited about here with Jack Eye. Yeah. Uh, looking at some hockey news uh, from around the league, uh, Buffalo signs another defenseman to a, a large contract. Uh, Owen Power to a seven-year contract extension, 58.45 million. And they also signed Rasmus Dahlin to eight years. Uh, 88 million so they've got their demon locked in uh, long term that uh, buffalo savers decor is uh, going to be one uh, to watch out for in use to in use to come no doubt throwing a lot of money around and and uh, but they're building their team 11 million on average average uh, value there for rasmus dalin and uh and and you know right before the season uh getting everybody locked up on the blue line uh, the Winnipeg Jets signed uh, forward Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck uh, to identical seven-year contract extensions worth $59.5 million. Bit of a surprise. I thought all the reports were saying that these guys wanted out. Uh, no, even after Wheeler was bought out and signed on a different team. Uh, but you know what? Good, uh, good for the Jets, uh, keeping uh, a couple of important core pieces uh, within Winnipeg for the next few years. Uh, well done by management. Sends a huge signal to to the fans, to the team to the league that uh, they want to keep these two guys, two really important guys. Um, you, t- you heard Cole Perfetti talking about uh, how important Mark Shifley is uh, to his career and, and to the team. Uh, and of course, um, Connor Hellebuck, one of the best in the business and to be able to get him uh, for under uh, 10 million, I think maybe, maybe you uh, got a, a bargain on Hellebuck. Maybe you paid a little bit too much for Shifley, but all of that doesn't really matter. It's the big picture of, of signing two key players um, to, uh, to, to identical contracts uh, and uh, good on the, good on the jets for doing that. And finally, uh, coming out of Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights raised their Stanley Cup banner at the home opener, and they presented their Stanley Cup rings. So, yeah, congratulations to them on the Stanley Cup last year. And, uh, boy, that was a big <laughs> presentation. That was entertaining to watch, wasn't it? It really was. And and first you had the rings, and they're rings like we, we've not seen. Rings where, you know, they have all of the, the jewels on them, but the whole top comes off to reveal an arena underneath and all of the uh, nine goals, I guess it was in, in the uh, cup clinching game are marked on the ice surface. Um, Like it's crazy. And that it can turn into a pendant. And then the ceremony, the Stanley cup raising banner ceremony, Uh, Mark Stone uh, comes out, places the Stanley cup next to a slot machine. Um, He goes over, pulls the handle Three Stanley Cups come up, and then the banner starts raising. A gorgeous banner as well, very detailed, sparkly, as you'd expect. 
Um, they really do ceremonies well in Vegas. Um, I- incredible. Absolutely incredible. So Vegas, as always, over the top in just all the right ways and uh, looking forward to, to seeing all the presentations in years to come. Who can one-up them? Uh, maybe the Montreal Canadiens can eventually uh, knock on wood there. For sure. But uh, for now, we're in a rebuild, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, what to look forward to in this season, even if Montreal Canadiens aren't in uh, the playoff question. So coming up, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings. Then we'll get to that big topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. We are back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, L.A. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. And with me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow AdHab's Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And check out the website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Also, a reminder here, just right off the top, to make sure you hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app and uh, make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And Rick, hockey analysts are predicting that the 2023-24 season will be another difficult one for the Canadians. Uh, The team itself is appreciating patience once again, and uh, there will be a focus on process, not results. We know Kent Hughes didn't even really want to say playoffs in any of his pressers, referring to it as the the P word. So that's kind of where we're at. Habs rebuild at the moment. So how can fans uh, help find help in during this long season and also kind of look at things that they can enjoy? Uh, What are all the hidden gems uh, that will be looking out for even us as we're covering the Montreal Canadiens we're gonna have to watch pretty much all these games too so what are we gonna be looking for and uh, Rick I'll send it off to you on that well um yeah process it's not is not an exciting thing to cheer for it, it isn't for fans it's it's uh how are we going to cheer for pro- 
uh, process. And if Marty St. Louis can't explain it, um, you know, he talks about connecting, watch for connect, the way five players on the ice connect to each other. We're the Canadians' connection. We understand connections. We understand connections around the league with people, with management. But um, that's a little bit obscure, I think. Um, so I think what we have to do is and 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 listen there are fans who are are and we're going to hear from some of those in our third segment um some fans who who believe in this team who believe that without the injuries this team is going to take a big step forward and they are a playoff bound team uh, well if you heard our bold predictions um last week um, I, I think I was the most optimistic of the crew, um, and uh, I didn't have them making the playoffs. And if you look at, at um, so-called experts around the league, uh, many of them have, have the Canadians finishing, projecting to finish in one of those last three spots, uh, 30th, 31st, 32nd in the National Hockey League. Um, yeah, I, I'm not there, and... And I don't think any of us were last week, but nor are we we projecting a um, a playoff appearance. I had them at twenty fifth uh, in my at 78, 78 points, which is a big ten points uh, better than what they finished last season. Um, but again, Ken, and 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 listen, we're we're on. We respect our audience, and and we're going to be honest with you uh, as far as we see it. Um, we're we're not we're not taking the, uh, you know, fans are fanatics. They're they're the ones who uh, are going to see the positive in, or some fans see the negative in everything. But uh, we're going to take a. They're going to take a very optimistic view. Um, we're going to tell you what what we think. Uh, we just respect you that way. Um, so in with all of that to take into account, uh, where do we see things um, that you might enjoy? Just watch for these things and you're, you're going to enjoy this season because you'll know that it's, it's, it's leading to, to the next step. Um, it's, it's a preview. It's a glimpse into the future. So what are those things? What are those things that we see uh, that you should watch out for? Um, I, you know, it's going to be a. It's we think it's going to be a rough season uh, again, uh, the 2023-24 season. But I think between you and I, there are plenty of reasons to watch and enjoy the Montreal Canadiens this year. Absolutely, uh, certainly we found more reasons than our good friend Rosalind on Twitter did. <laughs> she sent out a very interesting tweet, didn't she, Rick? Now Rosalind, uh, Rosalind is uh, she's from Newfoundland. Um, went by Tiger Lily for the very longest time. She's been on Twitter as long as I've been on Twitter. She's a passionate Montreal Canadiens fan. Um, lives and dies by the Montreal Canadiens, but. Um, at, during the first game, um, the, the, uh, season opener against the Toronto Maple Leafs after the second period, um, she tweeted this, I'm going to skip the third period. Uh, it's the first time in two decades that I've lost interest in the Habs so early in the season. Well, it wasn't even after one game, but it's a lost year already and they're not worth the time different difference punishment I endure the next morning at work so yeah uh, being in Newfoundland she has to stay up late uh, to watch her favorite team and she didn't like what she saw in the first two periods uh, and it was calling it a lost year already Um, 
<laughs> at the other extreme, you have you have those fans that think um, that they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but we're going to talk about, and even for Roslyn, we're going to talk about reasons to watch uh, the the Montreal Canadiens this year. Yeah, in that first game, I'm not going to lie. I found plenty of reasons to watch, even if Montreal was not quite as good a team as Toronto was. I found some interesting little bits, and I, I I was pretty intrigued right until the end of the game. So what we'll do here is uh, we'll just kind of go through the roster, and then we'll go through some other points, and we'll talk about some things that we're going to be watching this season. And let's start off with the big line. Uh, Caulfield, Suzuki, Josh Anderson. That's the number one line on this team at the moment, and I think there are a few interesting things to watch here. It's the Cole Caulfield 40 goal watch. That's my attitude uh, for this this season. Uh, he's yet to hit that 40 goal mark. He's yet to make it a full 82 games in a season. So that's my number one point that I want to be looking out for from this top line. And also, it's uh, Nick Suzuki uh, point per game watch. He's not been able to pull that off yet. He had a career high last year, 66 points in 82 games. I'm looking for that number to go up, and I think it's going to be exciting to keep an eye on uh, at least those two players uh, on that top line. Well, since we were just talking about uh, Vegas, I'm going to see your Cole Caulfield 40-goal uh, mark. I'm going to raise you to a 50-goal watch. We're going to watch Cole Caulfield, who has scored 53 goals in his NHL career, almost double that this season. Let's watch I don't know if he's going to get there. He, that wasn't what I predicted in the bold predictions uh, last week. But let's 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 raise the the level of excitement and watch and see if he can be um, a fifty goal scorer uh, th- this season. Um, I I think we just have to embrace the chaos. You know, we're going to see from the ridiculous to the miraculous uh, this season. We're going to the Canadians fans are going to be on a roller coaster. Um, you know, and, and it's the same kind of the stand, the Montreal Canadians were in the Stanley cup final in 2021. And now we're, now it's, it's a rebuild. Um, so embrace the chaos, uh, you know, think big, uh, for, for Cole Caulfield. Uh, but I think in order for him to get there and, and a really good point about Nick Suzuki, he's got to be a point of game player. Um, but I think they need, uh, someone other than Josh Anderson, uh, on that line. Yes. I get that he, you know, in the past, he's been a Toronto killer. I didn't really see that whole, uh, a lot in, uh, when tonight's game. Uh, but I think they're going to need somebody who both is able to cover, uh, as far on the defensive side and, uh, compliment them on the offensive side. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I'm going to take a look at that second line now. And uh, what what it is to start the season, at least, is Alex Newhook, newly acquired for a big price. Kirby Doc, uh, one year removed from being acquired for a big price. And Uri Slavkovsky, the first overall pick. Actually, you know who I had the most fun watching in that first game against the Leafs? It was actually Kirby Doc. Like, what a great player. I think a little bit underrated. He's got some good two-way sense about him. And also a great play driver. He's big. He's strong. He's difficult to knock off the puck. He can go along the boards and win those battles. So just watching Kirby Doc play is something I'm looking forward to. And then there's an Alex Newhook who scored two goals in his first uh, game with the Montreal Canadiens. That was impressive. He's got some speed. He's buzzing around. And 
Slavkovsky, is this going to be his breakout year finally? We saw him do a few good things. I think he had a great setup on the new hook goal there. Great pass, great little patience there to wait out the defender and go around. But then a couple shifts later, you see him running towards the puck and then fall flat on his back. So we'll <laughs> see, we'll see. This line in general has plenty to watch. But that one play, that one play was what we've been wanting to see. For this was this was the Uri Slavkovsky that was promised um, that he could make an impact. That play started when when he um, it wasn't a thunderous check. He 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 delivered a check behind the net to start that play. Um, the other two players, Kirby Doc and uh, and Alex Newhook, broke out. Uh, Slavkovsky joined the right. It almost became a three on one. Um, and and what did we want to see? We want to see that he can skate. We want to see that he can hit, and we want to see him make quick decisions. And he made a quick decision because uh, that puck came to him from Kirby Doc, and almost immediately he dished it to Alex Newhook, who was on his left, and and Alex Newhook had an easy tap in goal. Um, that's exactly what we want to see: him processing the game quickly, him relying on his instincts, instincts, him playing physical. And yes, uh, was that just a, a snapshot? Was that just a glimpse? Um, it, unfortunately, it was because he wasn't able to sustain that. But there was promise in there that maybe uh, he's going to put it all together and we're going to see that two and three and four times and, and every time he's on the ice. Um, that's that's what, what Canadians fans have to watch for this year. And and yeah, because too, what frustrates me in watching Slavkovsky is he's big, um, and, but not solid. Not he doesn't have, uh, he isn't steady over his skates. And too often, as you said, he's either knocked off his skates, losing puck battles, um, and and all of that has to change for him to be worthy of the number one pick. Uh, the the faith that the scouts of Montreal uh, placed in him, but we got a glimpse there. Uh, let me just uh, talk about um, Kirby Doc because he's the key this season. He is the Cole Caulfield may uh, soak up all the headlines with his goal scoring, but the key player on this team this season is Kirby Doc. Um, away from that top line, he is his own person. He's able to exert his presence on the ice. He's able to, as you said, drive the play. He makes everybody he plays with better. He'll make Alex Newhook better. He'll make Uri Slavkovsky better if that line stays together. Um, Kirby Doc is is absolutely the key to to that line. Um, and and if they can just jump on, you know, go for a ride with Kirby Doc, uh, he's going to take them places, and he's also going to take the team places. So um, buckle up and watch Kirby Doc. Yeah, absolutely. And then that leads us to the third line. I think this is probably the most milk toast, vanilla, boring <laughs> line, unfortunately. I, I did not notice them at all in that first game against Toronto. I, I was a pretty big advocate for having Sean Monaghan on the wing of uh, Uri Slavkov, or sorry, of Kirby Doc. Now I'm, I, I don't necessarily want to break up that second line. Uh, him at center between Gallagher and Tanner Pearson. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't really have too much to say about this. I guess the Monaghan trade watch, you want him to get a lot of points so that he can be, uh, I guess, traded at the deadline for a big return. Tanner Pearson maybe revitalizes his uh, career a little bit so that he can be traded. 
and you're looking for just anything from Gallagher, some energy, something. Uh, unfortunately, this third line is uh, my least favorite one, but uh, doing my best to find some positives out of it. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Gallagher used to be, he used to make things happen every time he was on the ice. He was the energy. He was the heart and soul of, of this team. And as you said, that didn't really come out in game one. Was it predictive for the rest of the season? I don't know. Uh, Tanner Pearson. I, I mean, th- this line is is smart. They're veteran. They're experienced. They're not going to make many mistakes. Uh, but you're not, I, I felt sorry for Sean Monaghan. Sean Monaghan, when he signed, um, and he got a, and the Canadians got a bargain when they signed him. Uh, what did he say? The opportunity to come to Montreal. There's such excitement, and I get to play with such young players. Um, he's not on this line. <laughs> he, he really isn't. Uh, it, is he? We we saw him in the preseason play a little bit with Caulfield and Suzuki, and and. You know, he could be a good fit. He could be the defensive conscience of that team. He could help out on face-offs uh, for Nick Suzuki. Um, is is Yuri Slavkovsky going to move down, and, and is Monaghan then going to move up with Doc as as uh, you wish? Uh, maybe, but I, I don't. I see this line as the the least likely to stay together. Yeah. And I have plenty of nice things to say about the fourth line a lot more than that third line, unfortunately. But yes, Ullinen, great camp. He makes the team right out of uh, the preseason. I I think he's looked good. I think he's a, another good two-way player. He's got a nice shot, plays with a lot of heart. So looking forward to seeing uh, Yesa Ullinen in the NHL for a full season. Uh, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, can he pick up where he left off last season? Uh, 20 points in 34 games. Maybe not that type of player, but still it's a, a kind of a happy surprise that he was able to come into the NHL and find a role. I, I don't think uh, he'll be finding himself uh, within a, that top six again, probably uh, right here on the fourth line with Jake Evans. Uh, Jake Evans, uh, plenty of great things to say. He's exactly what you want as your fourth line center. Bring some energy, defensively responsible. He's got some skill. He scored on a breakaway against Toronto, and that was a great move that he pulled off there. So this fourth line, to me, that's a good energy uh, checking line. I'd put them out in just about any situation. Absolutely. And and we have to remember that, um, you know, Christian Dvorak is going to, we talked about him earlier, he's going to come back at some point. Um, you know, I saw him as as slotting in on the third line, and maybe that's the opportunity for Sean Monaghan to, uh, to move up with Kirby Doc. Um, or uh, Christian Dvorak. It, it, has Jake Evans outperformed him? Uh, and could Jake Evans move into the third line? And and we know he has good chemistry with Brendan Gallagher. But uh, based on what we saw in the first game, you, you never want to take this fourth line apart. Um, Jake Evans scoring. Uh, Yessa Ullinen scoring uh, in the first game. Nice assist by Harvey Pinard. And Harvey Pinard, you know, a lot of, player, a lot of uh, fans are saying, eh, put him back up in the fourth line. Well, Maybe if your team is decimated or, or on the first line, if your team is decimated by injuries, um, but he he doesn't have the speed uh, to keep up with that first line and and is ill placed to to face uh, first line players in that matchup. He can thrive in this fourth uh, line uh, with Jake Evans with Yessi uh, Alonen. Um, this. I, I really like this. Not only energy, um, but if you can contribute to the offense too, perfect, absolutely perfect. Um, this this is, 
if they are able to continue uh, what they showed against a very good team like uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, this is a line that's going to stay together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to them watching them a bunch. And uh, we'll uh, move on down to uh, the defense here, and we'll start with uh, their top pairing and Mike Matheson and David Savard. Not uh, too much to say about these guys as a combo, but uh, interesting that Mike Matheson was the one quarterbacking that top power play unit. Um, I think he does have some good offensive instincts uh, after coming back from injury last season and uh, getting into the lineup quite a bit. I actually have grown to like this player. I was pretty critical of him early on uh, last season, but he's he's a very talented defenseman. Is he a number one defenseman? I guess we'll find out this season. Uh, he's turned into kind of the spokesperson of the team, the ambassador. Uh, he's uh, also has, he's got an A on his chest too, so he's contributing to the leadership. So I guess looking to see uh, just uh, how good Mike Matheson can be in this role. And in Toronto played, because there was the extra five minutes, he played 26 and a half minutes. That's an awful lot. Um, Mike Matheson, uh, his my critique of him last season was his defensive play. Um, and and so there's you understand why the coaching staff um, might place uh, Mike Matheson with a David Savard, who would be more likely as a stay-at-home player and block shots and clear the front of the net. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, that that he dragged this this first pairing down um, in against Toronto. Uh, he played 25 minutes, and that's too much um, for the, the type of game. 24-40 altogether was a minus two. Uh, he he struggled, I think, against uh, against Toronto, and. Um, you know, this is a player that we predicted is not going to finish his contract in Montreal, that he's going to be moved. And we don't want to see another situation, uh, an, another Joel Edmondson situation where he's uh, um, injured at the trade deadline. Uh, it would be a good opportunity to move uh, David Savard uh, by the, the trade deadline coming up uh, in March. Yeah, absolutely agree with you there. And then uh, one of, well, I think one of my favorite D pairings on this team is the Caden Gooley, Jonathan Kovacevic pairing that worked out surprisingly well. Caden uh, Gooley coming into his sophomore season, he had a great rookie campaign. I think he's still the best defenseman on this Montreal team at the moment. Jonathan Kovacevic, has, he surprises me every single game. I always forget that he's actually a great complimentary piece for Caden Gooley. So a full season of Caden Gooley and his development, uh, I'd be curious to see if he can uh, develop some offensive abilities. I, I know he's not really that kind of player, but it would be nice to see him get some opportunities on the power play as well. And then uh, Jonathan Kovacevic, uh, nice waiver pickup. Uh, full credit to Kent Hughes and Camp for picking, out, picking him up last year. Uh, these two were the, the top events pairing, and it wasn't even close um, against the Leafs. Uh, they were a plus four uh, combined. They 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 each played about twenty minutes. That's that's probably right. Um, and keep them a little bit sheltered in the second pairing. Um, but they thrived. They absolutely thrived and and looked great together. And then uh, the bottom pairing, my second favorite one, I think, Arbor Jacka and Jordan Harris. So first and foremost, who else is Jacka going to fight? You know, that's <laughs> an exciting thing in its own. Is it going to be Reeves again? Yeah, like I said, when's the Boston game? We get Lucic is back. Uh, let's just keep circling the calendars for all the tough guys. Um, I think, uh, like you said, Arbor Jacka is someone that's going to have to pick and choose his fights, uh, not just fight for the sake of fighting, because as soon as he's off the ice for an extended period of time, 
the defense pairings go into a bit of a jumble and it throws some things off. But uh, once again, Shakai continuing to improve and assert himself as one of the strongest guys in the league. I think he's also got some underrated offensive capabilities. He's got a great shot and he's made some great passes too. And then there's Jordan Harris. Uh, not the greatest start to his season, but again, I think he was uh, probably the second best defenseman on Montreal last year. He's still young. He made the team out of camp, so still plenty uh, to develop for Jordan Harris. Yeah, those 17 lost minutes uh, when Arbor Jackai was serving penalties threw the, the pairings into a bit of uh, chaos. Uh, and and uh, Jordan Harris, I think, is is a much better defenseman. As you said, he, he was was very good uh, last season. Um, so what, what are you to watch here? Uh, you're going to watch how um, Mike Matheson is uh, quarterbacking the power play. You're going to watch the young defensemen, the Caden Goolies and Jordan Harris's and Arbor Jackai and the way they're able to take a step forward. And then you're going to watch Arbor Jackai and uh, being the protector of, of his teammates. And, and uh, yes, whether it's a Reeves uh, that comes back, whether it's a, uh, Nicholas Delorier in, in um, former Canadian and, and, and current flyer. Um, he, he fought the most last season, uh, whether there's going to be uh, fight opportunities there. Um, but I, I just, I don't want to see him fight. I want to see him uh, stand up for his teammates, but I don't, I don't want to see those stage fights, but there's lots to like and lots to watch. And, and, uh, it, this is going to be a fun group to to uh, to watch, and and they have to be they because what we're getting to next, the goaltending is uh, a little bit unsure for this season. Oof, yeah, not uh, the greatest start uh, of the year for Jay Gallen against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we knew at the golf tournament uh, he came out. He said he wants more of that net. He wants to prove it. Bit of an up and down preseason. Maybe he's still working off the rust, but uh, that first. Uh, goal I believe it was by Noah Gregor on Toronto he had a clean look at that and the puck just kind of went right through him so not great there and then obviously that was a high scoring game in general he made some big stops some big important saves but uh, I think a little bit of inconsistencies to uh, Jake Allen's game so uh, I, yeah I guess keeping an eye on goaltending in general is going to be interesting because you also have Sam Montembeau and uh, he's been hyped up quite a bit by fans and the Montreal media for what he was doing last season, which I don't know that he was that much better than a Jake Allen was, but uh, he's going to get the start uh, today on the Saturday, the 14th. And uh, we'll see what uh, he's able to do. What kind of goaltender is he? Is he going to be able to take on a heavy load or is he going to revert back to more what we expect of him, which is to be a number one AHL type goaltender? Yeah, Jake Allen, uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, embracing the chaos and, and the miraculous to the ridiculous, uh, that describes Jake Allen against the Toronto Maple, Maple Leafs. Um, soft goal uh, to start. He made some unbelievable saves against some of the toughest Toronto shooters. Marner, um, a couple of times on Matthews. Um, and, and, and I think that's the inconsistency is going to be consistent right through the season whether you're talking about Allen, whether you're talking about Monta Montembeau, really struggled in the preseason. Uh, he had perhaps the worst uh, preseason of of any of of the Canadians' goaltenders. Um, and yes, much is expected. Uh, he's got a lot of fans uh, that are cheering for him, and and he's going to have to show that that uh, 
he is taking a step forward. Caden Primo, well, the the, the management was afraid that uh, they were going to lose him on waivers, so uh, are carrying three goaltenders. And right now, they don't need they don't need three goaltenders. Uh, first week of the season, they're they're playing two games, uh, um, and second week of the season, they're playing two games. And it's not till the third week of the season where they play four games. Uh, and we might get to see Caden Primo, but that's a long time to just practice um, and and then get thrown into a game. So um, that's or is is Ken Hughes going to pull another trade out of his hat um, in the next few weeks? We'll we'll see. Um, but this goaltending trio, as it is now, um, yeah, is is uh, is 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 going to cause fans fits, I think, throughout the season. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned Caden Primo there. Uh, yeah, I think just the watch on what the heck is going to happen with Caden Primo is something that's interesting to watch out for in itself. And when he does get a game, how is he going to fare after, you know, essentially being scratched for the first little while? So keeping an eye out on that. And uh, we'll move along to the guys that were extras in that first game. That includes Michael Pizzetta, Justin Barron, and as you mentioned, Caden uh, Primo. I expect Justin Barron will get into quite a few games. He's someone that I'm pretty high on. I think he has some good offensive capabilities. Uh, he's a former first-round pick. He was the key piece coming back in the Lekkonen trade. So I'm hoping that he gets into quite a few games, although I don't know who comes out of that decor to fit him in. And then there's Michael Pozzetta, I think another guy that uh, management has said they're worried about losing on waivers. Uh, don't think he's going to generate anything more than being a fighter, maybe a shootout specialist. We know he scored in the shootout <laughs> last season. Um, but uh, if you have Arbor Jacki taking care of a lot of the, the dirty business, I do wonder when Michael Pizzetta is going to get in. But nevertheless, Pizzetta is a fan favorite and someone that uh, I enjoy seeing on the ice at least. Pizzetta is Pizzetta is a good soldier. He's a really good soldier. He does what he's, he's asked to do. He's got a great attitude. Um, but has this team uh, moved beyond uh, Michael Bozzetta? And I know we questioned the the signing, the first signing uh, of the of the year that uh, after the season that the Canadians made, and there didn't really seem to be a fit. Um, much like Chris Weidman, um, now now he was signed for Tuesday, so so he was here, but it uh, doesn't really seem to be a fit if he comes back. Uh, Justin Barron, as you said, is going to come in, probably displace um, either Kovacevic or, or um, um, uh, Harris. Um, and and we know that uh, Christian Dvorak is going to come back and return at some place. And we'll, uh, that'll make it, I think, even tougher. Um, uh, maybe a Tanner Pearson comes out, but even tougher for a Michael Pozzetta to come out of the line, uh, to come into the lineup. Yeah, Absolutely. So let's take at some potential recalls. You know, injuries happen. You know, sometimes in Laval, players break down the door and they essentially force you to call them up to the big club for a look. A few guys that I had in mind that I'd be interested in seeing in some NHL games are William Trudeau, uh, Matthias Norlander. Both had great preseasons. And I wonder if Armia might come up at some point. That's going to be an interesting one, too. After being sent down, I do wonder... If he does get a call-up, is he going to come back with a bit of a vengeance? Uh, who are you looking forward to seeing as a potential recall player? 
Oh, there's there's quite a few. Uh, Emil Heinemann is is one of them. Um, you know, does Logan may you get a look at some point, maybe later on in the season? Um, I, I think one of the things that's that's most exciting um, is that um, the Canadians have a tremendous prospect pool, a, a terrific prospect pool. Um, so I, I think that one of the ways that, that Canadians fans can be excited about the season is to pay attention to the prospect pool. Uh, those players who are in Laval and the ones that we talk about, whether they're in the NCAA or the CHL or, or Europe, um, and, and be excited. How, how can you, how can you, um, you know, get excited about a team that's going to, that everyone is projecting are going to be out of the playoffs well, you'd be excited about the young players. Um, and even, uh, we, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, about draft-eligible players a little bit earlier. We're going to start keeping a, an eye on the draft, the 2024 draft, because if, if the Canadians uh, are projected to finish, you know, in the bottom three, in the bottom five, in the bottom eight, uh, there's going to be some some players for them to select to add to the prospect pool uh, who could make a, a significant difference. Uh, so prospects, prospects are, we're going to talk about a lot and it's a way that you can be excited about this team, even though, um, that's, um, that's more in the future. Absolutely. And, uh, I think a, maybe a dark horse pick that I'll throw into the table here is uh, Jakob Dobis, keeping an eye on what he's <laughs> going to do in Laval. Maybe if he plays well enough, he gets a look towards the end of the season. You never know with injuries. So I, I know goalies are a big topic. Uh, Ken Hughes has said that he doesn't see a goalie of the future on the team currently, but Hey, you never know. Maybe Jakob Dobis comes in and uh, establishes himself as somebody that could be that guy. And who's Jakob Dobis's uh, partner going to be? Right now, it's Strauss Mann. Uh, but at some point, you know, there, it's still possible that Caden Primo goes to Laval and they end up in a tandem, uh, Dobis and, and Primo. If, if Kent Hughes judges the goaltender market uh, differently than he did at the beginning of the season, that, okay, the goaltender market's getting kind of saturated. We can probably sneak... Uh, Caden Primo uh, through and and back to Laval. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's a plan because he's up because Primo's up with the Canadians right now. Doesn't mean he's going to stay there uh, throughout the season. Absolutely. So now I think it's a good time to talk about special teams. This has been a huge struggle for the Montreal Canadiens over the last even three seasons almost. Power play has not looked good. Even when they scored on the power play against Toronto, it got called back for an offside. Uh, penalty kill uh, struggle as well uh, in that first game against Toronto. Uh, they, Toronto looked great on the penalty kill. Montreal had their moments where I think they use their bodies and their sticks well. You're starting to see them block a lot of shots, but certainly some areas to improve. And then uh, uh, what else can we say about the special teams? Yeah, they d- did not look good. Um and and they have to um, one because it's it's a way that if you're overmatched in talent, um, you know, th- right down through the lineup by some of the more powerful teams, it's an equalizing force to be good on the uh, the power play or be good on the penalty kill. Um, and and there's enough, you know, if if we're talking about Cole Caulfield uh, getting 40 goals this season or even approaching 50 goals. Some of those better come on the power play, so the power play better uh, start to improve. Um, Alex Burrows, we know, has been uh, the the guy with the you know he's managing the power play. Um, he he takes to the uh, the whiteboard um, 
as we saw in the in overtime uh, in the Toronto game, and he lays out his strategy. Alex Burroughs has little coaching experience, um, and we know that his his methods uh, haven't really worked. Um, I th- I think that it was interesting this week uh, in that that uh, Marty St. Louis was asked about the power play. His answer, um, well, I'll give you two answers here, quoting Marty St. Louis. Me and Alex run the power play, and I'm as much to blame if it doesn't do well. Uh, okay, well, we'll blame you both. We don't care. Uh, it's been terrible. Get at it. Get it fixed. Where are the answers? And he went on to say, the answers are everywhere, and we've got to find them. Well, they... <laughs> All right, that sounds great, but but go find them. Um, and what about last year's power play? Why was it so terrible? Um, and Marty St. Louis says, quote, we didn't really work on the power play last year because it didn't really matter. What? Why didn't it matter? Quote, because we weren't ready to win. So uh, we didn't work on, I'm going to say it again because this is, this blows my mind. We didn't really work on the power play last year because it didn't really matter because we weren't ready to win. Michael, make sense of this for me. I don't know if I said that about anything at my job. There, there'd be a lot of questions about it. You know, if I said, "Oh, I, I just didn't do it today because it didn't really matter," well, yeah, no, my boss would not be happy with me <laughs> about that. Um, I got the feeling that Marty at certain points last season, he was trying to win. I really got that impression early on, especially when he loaded up the top line Suzuki Caulfield dock and he was not focusing on development a whole lot. So was was he not trying to win at all that season? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's sometimes I think he tries to be the smartest person in the room. He tries to be the uh, philosopher of the league, uh, and he gives these kind of obscure answers on purpose to con- confound everyone. Um, and and everybody said, "Well, he, he must really, you know, have some thoughts behind this." But I, I yeah, I, I'm, it's beyond me. And listen, um, as we've said, the these players are in development mode. They have to learn how to be successful. Five on five power play, PK, special teams. All over the ice, you have to be teaching, 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 teaching um, throughout the year. Um, that's what's going to that's going to what's going to produce a win winner. So um, this one was a little bizarre for me. Yeah, and I might get you to read one thing back for me. What was that he said about finding answers? He said um, the answers uh, quote the answers are everywhere, and we've got to find them. What does that mean? I like honest. What's he been doing then this whole time? He had a he had the whole summer to look for these answers. I I, I honestly don't know what that means at all. If he is it finding the right players, the right structure, but yeah, no, that's that's the most word salad thing I've heard from Marty St. Louis. Yeah, it's um and and he added that it's a contract year for Alex Burrows and Trevor Latowski. Um, and he was asked, you know, um, how are you going to, how are you going to make the decision on, on Alex Burroughs? And he said, if it was up to him, um, solely, um, he would have had him re-signed already. He, he loves Alex's work. Um, but it's, it's, uh, Kent Hughes and, and Marty that will make that determination, um, together, uh, about whether, uh, Alex Burroughs and Trevor Litowski deserve a contract extension um uh, it's a good thing that he didn't include 
the fans in that group as far as the evaluation, because I don't think uh, Alex Burroughs would get many votes for that. Yeah, so kind of defending Alex Burroughs a little bit. I don't mind him standing up for his uh, assistant or associate oh, sure. coach there. I think that's perfectly fine. But uh, I, I did kind of hear that and think, okay, so if Burroughs doesn't come back, you can also blame Cat for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah, because he's he's standing uh, beside him. Um, it, it, special teams um, is really important. They're going to have to take a step forward for sure um, this this season, and we talked about that in our, our bold predictions. Yeah, so on the note of coaching here, I think a few things to look out for in terms of coaching is Marty's famous magic wand. Um, we know that uh, it had a great effect on guys like Kirby Doc last season and uh, the way he was able to emerge this season, the focus is on Alex Newhook. Uh, he's off to a good start so far, and uh, I guess we'll find out if that Marty's magic wand is real, if he can just take uh, some of these misfit toys and uh, turn them into really good assets, maybe even part of the core. And uh, as I said, too, I think something that I'm looking forward to most from Marty St. Louis and the coaching staff is uh, those media availabilities because you just <laughs> never know what you're going to get from it. Yeah, well, that's that's right. Um, and some of these uh, that he had this this past week, um, there are there are some gems in there, uh, talking about hidden gems, uh, that are either going to come back to prove him a, a genius or, or they're going to uh, come back to haunt him. And, and uh, that's going to be interesting to see how he handles that this season. Yeah. Is there uh, anything else uh, coming from Marty St. Louis this week that uh, we wanted to talk about? Well, I think when, when Marty was asked about his goals... Um, and and he was first asked about his his wish for the season, and he said, uh, "quote that we take a big step." You, okay, what was okay. what's the big step? Um, quote What does that mean? I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter. Just work to take a big step, and we're just going to keep growing. Okay. Um, so, so, okay. That wasn't clearly necessarily, we don't, we don't get a, a, a anything tangible to kind of hang on to there to, um, to, to really hang our hat on. Um, certainly if you asked Marty St. Louis about his long-term goals, what are your long-term goals? We know you're in a, in a rebuilding year, um, and, and, and a time, but long-term goals for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, can you tell us about, well, I'm going to ask you, you're, you're a, an NHL coach of a rebuilding team and, and pick one, uh, you know, Columbus, whoever it is. Um, you know, I, if I would ask you, you know, you're rebuilding now, but what is your, what is your ultimate long-term goal for the Columbus Blue Jackets, Michael Spinella? Win the Stanley Cup, nothing short. Period. All right. Um, so maybe it's, uh, let, let me, let's, let's change leagues. What if you were, um, the Prince Albert Raiders, um, in, in the WHL, what is your long-term goal, Michael Spinella as, as head coach of the Prince Albert Ra- Raiders? Memorial Cup winners. Yeah. Short. <laughs> okay. Um, you're in the ECHL, uh, with, uh, the Newfoundland Growlers. Um, what is your long-term goal, uh, for this organization? Kelly Cup winners, nothing short. Okay, so now let's see how, well, let's see how Marty St. Louis answered when he was asked for his long-term goals. Quote, 
I don't know how long I'm going to be the coach here. My goal is to leave the team in a better position than when I arrived. I don't know what all that means yet, and it doesn't bother me, but I love coaching. Okay, I'm going to have, because you're so confident and, and t- telling me what the goal should be, tell me what it means when Marty St. Louis says, um, you know, I'm going to have a picnic in the park and I'm going to make it, make the park look better than when I arrived. Um, I don't, and I don't know how long I'm going to be here as coach of this team. So the plan is to leave, to have fun and enjoy what you're doing, basically, is what I get here. Like, I didn't. Uh, again, we don't want to pick on Marty St. Louis. He's obviously been good for um, a, a a team who needs someone to believe in them, to be positive for them, uh, to energize them, and and his communication has been excellent in that way uh, to really build up young players. Um, but what if you know what if his team reads that it says I don't know how long I'm going to be the coach here and forget the Stanley Cup my goal is to leave the team in a better position than when I arrived yeah I mean the bar was not set very high so (laughs) in general that's not a great goal to have but uh, the fact that he's already thinking about leaving and how the team's gonna look that's that's not great for a coach Uh, I I would think that his goal is to stay on this team and win the Stanley Cup with them I, I I think that if you're a coach and that's not your goal, I, I don't know what you're doing. So um, things to watch this year, uh, both good things and and not so good things, um, you know, hidden gems and not. Uh, what are we going to be watching for? We're going to be watching for if there's any kind of clarification whatsoever on Marty St. Louis. We're going to be really interested in, in his media availabilities. We're going to be interested to hear if he you know, talks further about his goals, both this year and, and beyond, um, and, and kind of figure out where his, where his mind's at. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, like I, I was not joking when I said that media availabilities from Marty is something that I'm very much looking forward to. There are a few interesting points last year as well. Uh, if you want to go back and, uh, if you remember when Sean Farrell was entering the lineup, that was an interesting day for Marty St. Louis too. And, and look, we're not trying to pick on him, no. but uh, when when you have an, a media availability like that as an NHL head coach, that's certainly not a great look. And uh, there are going to be some questions here. For sure. So, um, you know, don't give up. If you're in the camp that I don't know why I'm watching this team, don't give up. There's lots of reasons to watch this team, to watch this organization. Uh, and if you're on the, uh, you guys are nuts. They're, they're making the playoffs this year. That's a good reason in and itself to to watch as well. And um, there, all of these storylines, we're storytellers. We're going to tell you the stories. There's fascinating individual storylines to talk about throughout this new season. Absolutely. So on that note, our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week is, what are you looking forward to watching this season and who are you looking forward to watching this season? We want to make sure we hear from you and uh, we'll give you some time to think about it as we take our final break here. Uh, Stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites, 
Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to thn.com slash Montreal. Your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's thn.com slash Montreal. Welcome back to episode 265 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and check out the website, canadiansconnection.fm. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853ROCKET, that's 5853ROCKET. And we're off to a busy start to the season, and uh, for those who have some trouble keeping track of things, We've got you covered, or if you just like Montreal Canadiens content in general, we have you covered all in one place. Just head over to THN.com slash Montreal. That's right, the Hockey News. We're providing all the Montreal content for them. And on there, you will find our features, our game day, um, game previews, post-game reports, anything and everything you want to know about Montreal, even the prospects and the Laval Rocket. We have some sections on that, too. Also, uh, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, you can just search at All Habs on YouTube, and you'll be able to find our YouTube channel there. That's another great way to keep up to date. And Amy Johnson hosts a great show called the Habs Hockey Report Show, and the latest episode is, wow, five major takeaways, wow. Uh, game one, Habs versus Leafs. So she goes into depth analyzing that first game. Amy Johnson is a wonderful host, uh, very knowledgeable. Uh, she's been in the biz for a while now. Uh, leave a like, leave a comment, hit that subscribe button. Never miss a single episode of that. Uh, if you leave a comment, Amy Johnson is also great at replying, so make sure that you watch out for that Habs Hockey Report show. I recommend viewing that. Also, you can find this podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast, on YouTube. You might even be listening to us on YouTube right now, so you'll find that in your feed. Hit the, the subscribe button and never miss a single episode of that. 
And uh, our sister podcast, The Press Zone, uh, made a pretty big announcement this week. Uh, they will be uh, going on a little bit of a hiatus, and they will be morphing into the Rocket Hockey Report show. So you'll be able to find that on YouTube now, hosted by Amy Johnson. And Rick, we're very excited about this one. Really excited. We made some uh, just a little tweaks for this season. Um, so if you want long-form discussion like we have here, 90-minute podcast on the Canadians Connection flagship podcast, we've been doing this a long time, uh, since about the 2011-12 season, uh, every Saturday you're going to get the Canadians Connection in a long-form discussion. Uh, on YouTube, you're going to get two shows a week. One is uh, the Habs Hockey Report, the other is the Rocket Hockey Report. And uh, in that way, um, you can have those those uh, shows, those video shows are typically about 12, uh, 10, 12 minutes um, and you can check in twice a week uh, for uh, a video show hosted by Amy Johnson. She's going to host both shows, Habs Hockey Report Show, the Rocket Hockey Report Show. And you're going to find Patrick Williams, who uh, was a regular host on um, the uh, the Press Zone. He's going to now appear on um, on video, on YouTube, on the Rocky, uh, Rocket Hockey uh, Report Show. And he's also, you know what's going to happen? We're going to hear from Patrick Williams. I call him the guru of the NHL. We're going to uh, hear from Patrick Williams on the Canadians Connection. We have a rocket report every week, and every um, every few weeks we're going to have um, Patrick Williams in. So uh, th- these changes, you're going to get uh, more coverage, you're going to get more video coverage, and you're going to start hearing um people in different places uh, than they were last season and we think that's uh, a really big big change and uh, and you're going to re- you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, so looking forward to having Patrick Williams on board. That's going to be amazing. Truly knowledgeable. Uh, that's your go-to guy for anything to do with the AHL. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Canadians Connection podcast wherever you're listening, your favorite podcast app. You can also find us at canadiansconnection.fm. We have all of our episodes there. So if you missed anything, you can go back and you can find it right on there. And we have a few more announcements uh, for our Rocket Sports team, don't we, Rick? We do. Um, if, if you play fantasy football, um, as many of uh, our audience does, and, and many of you play with uh, with our fantasy sports um teams both uh, fantasy football and and fantasy hockey, you're probably familiar with, uh, you check in with uh, ESPN's uh, Stefania Bell. And she is their medical consultant. If you need to know injury information for, um, you know, setting your lineup, Stefania Bell is is there every week to help you through that. Um, And and we weren't thinking necessarily uh, with respect to uh, fantasy uh, hockey, but we're thinking about, um, the the injury situation that the Montreal Canadiens have been in the last two seasons, so many games lost, uh, man games lost, and not that um, we hope they're going to be in that situation this year, but all kinds of changes to the medical department, to personnel, to equipment, um, and, and we need somebody to help us explain. Um, and so we brought on a medical consultant, um, he's a doctor, uh, Dr. Stephen Morris, uh, and he's going to join us on the Canadians Connection as our go-to medical consultant uh, to help us through 
um, explaining injuries, explaining treatments, explaining return to play, um, training techniques, all all kinds of things related to the health of the the players. Uh, We thought we needed an expert on the Canadians Connection, and uh, I think he's going to be a really big part uh, of our changes uh, to the, this new season. Yeah, really looking forward to that as well. Welcome aboard to everyone, and uh, you're going to want to keep listening to this podcast throughout the season as we make uh, all these improvements and uh, we bring some more experts on board. So now it's a good time to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week. And uh, to our listeners, we asked, what are you looking forward to watching this season and who are you looking forward to watching this season? We want to make sure we hear from you. So reach out to us, 5853Rocket. You can also touch base with us on our social medias. And Rick, if people uh, want to say something a little bit longer, what's the email they can reach out to us at? Send us an email at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. So we get plenty of messages throughout the week uh, from all of our listeners, whether it's comments on Facebook, YouTube, text, emails, anything like that. And we received quite a few responses to our last episode uh, entitled uh, 10 Bold Predictions for the 2023-24 Season. That's episode 264. And we have a lot of comments to get through. I'll uh, let this first one uh, over to you, Rick, and then I'll come in for the second one. Yeah, we're going to focus mostly on uh, comments that were made uh, on our posts on Facebook and and on our um, Canadians Connection Facebook page. Uh, you want to go to that and follow it um, because there's a lot of discussion from, from um, Canadians fans who have been with us a long time. And now that the season has begun, they're they're all back. And um, last last week, the question of the week was, where do you think that the Canadians will finish in the standings? Albert Hills from Middleton, uh, Nova Scotia, via Facebook, says, really looking forward to the season. The Habs will go all the way. Um, so he thinks our predictions are nuts, and that's fine. He is thinking that the Habs uh, are much improved and are going to uh, go all the way this season, and good for you, Albert. Yeah, and another kind of positive comment coming from Art Pollard of Victoria, B.C., and we have fans from all over the globe, by the way, just in case you didn't know, uh, and what Art has to say is boldly, I think we have an outside shot at a playoff spot, but... We have to stay healthy, and the goaltending needs to exceed expectations. Plus, that power play needs to work. So appreciate that comment, Art, and uh, I'll send it back over to you, Rick, uh, for Terry's comment. Um, things that we talked about, goaltending has to be consistent, power play needs to to, to work, and and, uh, and I like how he, he began that boldly because we were making bold predictions uh, last week, and so Art makes a bold prediction. Well done, Art. Uh, Terry Wilson uh, says, uh, very simply, the Habs will be big contenders this season. Um, There you go. Terry Wilson says they're going to be big contenders. And uh, again, coming on Facebook, it's Judy Pitcher from BC. uh, Jacques letting Reeves know there is a new sheriff in town who also has a great offensive slash defensive side. Reeves pretty much uh, became invisible the rest of the game and contributed nothing to the Leafs offense during that game. So we appreciate uh, that you tuned in, and uh, we uh, love that you had to take there on our project guy. And I agree, uh, Reeves really did disappear after that fight. That's a, that's a really good point, and one we haven't made here that uh... – uh, Arbor Jacki, of course, part of Reeves' uh, time was spent in the penalty box, but he wasn't chasing hits uh, like he was uh, before Arbor Jacki uh, took care of business. 
Christopher Pringle um, uh, has kind of a negative comment. Uh, he didn't like the play of Nick Suzuki uh, in game one. And he says, uh, doesn't like his defensive play. He says, Slick Nick um, is en route for a minus 80 this season. Seems like the dwarf has given up. All right. Uh, that's that's a comment from, from Christopher Pringle. <laughs> and uh, excuse the pronunciation, but uh, Mirna Kulip from uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. We have a fan over in Winnipeg. That's pretty awesome. Uh, what uh, they had to say is they made us proud, but remember that the game has three full periods. So obviously a little bit of disappointment in the Habs' consistency throughout that game. And holding on to leads, we, we mentioned that they had two two-goal leads, and I think that's what Myrna's getting at there. Uh, the last one comes via text, 5853ROCKET, and that's uh, our dear friend Chris in Hamilton, Ohio. The other Hamilton, I believe, he says, I believe the Habs will be better than everyone stated because their third and fourth lines will allow them to compete more substantively. And certainly uh, the fourth line came through for the Canadians and for Chris uh, in, in game one. Um, they were playing okay hockey before the injuries decimated their team again. He's talking about last season. And if the changes to the medical team bear the intended fruit, healthier bodies portends more sustainable success. I pegged them at 81 points, which unfortunately won't yield a superstar. But with the accumulated draft capital, Hugo, um, Hughes and, and Gordon have acquired and some slow cooking. Uh, they'll be in, a, in, in Laval, I'm expecting, uh, they'll be in a much better position to package young assets to land a star. Personally, I'd target Trevor Zegras after his bridge contract expires or just before if it looks like the Ducks will not be able to retain him. Great comment. Great text from Chris. Yeah, we appreciate all the messages and comments that we get. Uh, just let us know who you are, your first name, where you're from. That way we know who we're talking to. And, of course, we have fans all over the globe to tune in and listen. We've received messages from Greece. We've received messages from uh, south of the border in the USA. So just let us know who you are, where you're, you're from, and uh, feel free to reach out to us, 5853-ROCKET or on our social media. We have a couple games coming up. Uh, the first one is the home opener on October the 14th, as uh, we record today. Uh, Chicago comes into Montreal, so Connor Batard, that's going to be your first look at that. And then a couple days off, uh, October the 17th, uh, Minnesota comes into Montreal, so Kirill Kaprizov, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, that's always going to be a fun game. So a few things to look forward to this week, and uh, we'll have you updated on our next episode next Saturday. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, October the 21st for another great episode. Thank you for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.